BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. You've tuned in to a special episode dedicated to the Sober Spartan. These episodes are an extension of the Facebook group, Sober Spartans. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the host and guest and do not necessarily reflect any policy or position of anyone but themselves. Show guests share their stories openly and honestly. Some will remain anonymous, some will share their names. Please be respectful of the privacy of those who wish to remain anonymous. Hey everybody out there in BeastNet land. Today on the Silver Spartan special, we're talking with Melissa Jensen, who's uh, about five years sober, and she's got a heck of a story behind her, and a lot of story ahead of her. So, Melissa, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Where should I begin? Begin at the uh, at the start. Uh, what, what led you before you got sober? What was the catalyst that made you decide to go that way, and how has recovery improved your life. Okay, so that's a lot. Well, let me kind of go back a ways. I am I'm LDS. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I always have been. Back when I was 15, my mom, she uh she had like a brain injury. She well, she ended up having a aneurysm in her brain and she was in the hospital for a long time. It was a big ordeal. Um basically, we were told she was going to die. And, um, she ended up being a miracle. Like the only reason my mom is alive today is, is because of my heavenly father, basically because of that. I feel like, well, I don't want to say because of that, but I kind of feel like Satan will attack those who have those kind of like miracles in their life. And so it was sort of like one thing after the other. And I just, hooked up with the wrong friends. I started getting into, um, well, first, you know, I started smoking weed and then I got dumped by the so-called love of my life. So I thought I was a junior in high school and I started doing, using meth. Um, and one thing turned, led to another basically. And I, it took over my life for 15 years. I was out of control. I lost I lost so much during that time. And it was just, I mean, (laughs) I, I, I can tell you stories upon stories of just like tragic events, but they always say, you know, you have to hit rock bottom before anything's going to change. And it took me hitting rock bottom probably 18 times before I finally woke up and I'm like, something needs to change. And honestly, it's pretty crazy. So one day I'm sitting, I'm sitting in um, my house. Well, it wasn't even my house, you know, I'm living with a friend and I I just had this feeling like if something didn't change, I was going to end up dead or in prison for the rest of my life. So I fell to my knees and I prayed that, you know, I would go to jail so that I could get away from the current situation I was in and try to get clean. And it was so funny. Like 15 minutes later, I walk into my, my roommate's room and I tell her, I'm like, I'm like, Hey, 
I'm going to go to jail tonight. Can you just please take care of my dog? And as soon as I get out, I'll come get her. And she kind of laughs at me like, whatever. Well, I did. It was like maybe four hours later, I ended up in jail. And it was just for a a little warrant. It wasn't a a big issue or anything. But um, then the judge was going to let me out on probation. But I asked her, hey, can you just let me do my time because I know if I get out right now, I'm going to go back to drugs and I don't want to, I need to, I need to get right. So I did four months in County and I've been clean ever since. That was August 15th, 2015. Oh, congrats. You just celebrated a birthday <laughs> just a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, when, when you got out, did you do any further treatment on that? Or oh was yeah. It- oh yeah. I, um, so through our church, we have, we have, um, meetings that I go to all the time. Um, well that I would go to, I haven't, I haven't been lately, but, um, I would, I would do those religiously. Um, I, when I first got out, I didn't have a car, so I would take the, I would take the bus and I would take them to the meetings and, you know, cause I, I had to go at least two or three times a week. I would be at those meetings. And, um, but I 100% owe my sobriety to, you know, my father in heaven. I know this isn't like a, religious podcast or anything but that's my truth and so <laughs> the the thing about sobriety is is that it's it's different to everybody um mm-hmm. i've i've been you know sober now for three and a half almost four years and in that time you know i've, I've worked very closely with people that that relied heavily on the religious um way of doing it and relying on the higher power and, and honestly every book you read everything that you touch it always talks about a higher power it doesn't always specify that it's that it's god or anything else but there's always a higher power there's something that is greater than me that has an influence on my life and and there's nothing wrong with talking about it because it's your truth and and my truth could vary a little bit uh, i'm born and raised catholic so, and actually I did attend a few LDS services and I just couldn't handle the five and six hour days, <laughs> but, but, you know, it, 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 it's different for each person. And, yeah. and I would not say that you're not the first person to talk about, you know, their religious experience and how it affected them and getting sober and continuing to be sober. I don't know about for you, but since COVID hit this year, it's been real tough because you don't have the, the in-person meetings. You don't have the hugs. I mean, that's hugs and handshakes and you name it. That's, that's that personal connection that really helped for it me. Um, and I'm sure, you know, each person's different, but I know that uh, a lot of my friends on, on Facebook and in real life, they're always talking about how, you know, the one thing they miss in, in COVID is a hug. Yeah. And that's, that's been a real tough one. And I've seen a lot of people relapse. And, you know, for me, I keep just sending out random texts to people that I know are sober. Hey, how are you doing? How you doing? Just trying to, to make sure that they get some connection to the outside world. How's that been for you this year with uh, being four years sober and the world kind of shutting down? And So, I mean, it's definitely tough. My um, my husband, he so we we did this together. He um, we met using and then we got clean together. And so he's basically my backbone and vice versa. And so we really rely a lot on each other, which is, which is great. But also I have a very supportive family, um, which is more beneficial than anything else in the entire world. Like just having that support system there 
um, that's really has been what's kept me sane, especially during COVID. So after after five years of being sober, you're pretty strong in your sobriety. Next year, you're doing something weird. <laughs> I know you're kind of laughing. Um, yeah, I saw, I don't even know how I came across it, but I came across a GoFundMe for this this gal that wants to, to run and try to do like a record number of obstacle course races in one year to raise awareness and sobriety. And I, I saw that immediately. I'm like, Hey, I got to talk to this guy. How do I friend her? How do I contact her? And, and, and here you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what kind of, what made you think about kind of doing that? So that has also been a huge part of what's helped me um, is I'm now a health nut. <laughs> so I, you know, I have a very addictive personality. Um, and so I just have channeled that addiction to healthier things. And so um, maybe three and a half, four years ago, I, you know, started going to the gym very regularly, um, just eating really healthy. You know, my body's a temple. I need to take care of it. Of all those years of abusing my body, I needed to I needed to fix it basically. So I started, like I said, really going to the gym, doing all those things. And then I found a gym out here, um, Tough Mudder Bootcamp. And I had, of course, you know, I've known about the the obstacle course racing and all of those, but I never, I had never done an obstacle course race before when I joined the gym. And that gym itself and the community changed my life <laughs> those those people it's like I'm sure you've done Tough Mudder races um I'm assuming yeah um it's funny because my best friend who who started this podcast he's definitely afraid of being electrocuted <laughs> and you know I've been struck by lightning twice I've been electrocuted with fourth degree burns I know all about getting shocked but he was definitely not into it so last year one of our friends who actually hosts the international, the Canadian version of this, because I've got VSNET uh, Canada, uh, Charity Fick. She's a an ambassador for Tough Mudder. And her and I got together and we're like, you know what? We're going to drag Mike out there and he's going to get shocked. And and so we finally last year um, got him out on the course. And of course, this year he was supposed to be his big redemption race where he wasn't afraid of anything and, and it got canceled. But uh but yes, Tough Mudder is is just an awesome race. It's an awesome community. I, I love getting out there and uh, and getting my shock on. There's actually a video of me dancing through the the crawling uh, version of the electro shock when we are down crawling underneath it. I sit up and I'm dancing, getting shocked left and right, and just having a great time. So that's really funny that you said that because my husband is now traumatized. We the first time you know our first Tough Mudder, he's going through well he just ran through like it wasn't going to shock him and I don't know what he was expecting but he got nailed pretty good ended up kind of knocking him out face planting in the mud it was it was so good <laughs> he's kind of kind of traumatized but yeah so once I joined that gym and we started and started doing the Tough Mudder races I just like I I got this newfound love for for not only the community but um, just becoming the best version of myself and like every obstacle that I conquered, I just like, I just fell in love more and more and more. And it's just like, I want to, I, I want to just continue to 
like be the best me, you know, like beat me. That's like my motivation to whatever I did before. Now I have to beat it. I don't care if it's by one second or five seconds or finish an obstacle faster, whatever it is. That's, that's my goal in life is to be the best me basically. Uh, and then you're down in, in, if I remember correctly, which means that you have a lot more races that come through down there up here in Northwest. We don't have much. We have uh well, next year we only even have one Spartan. Usually we have two, two Spartan races up here, but next year they combine it into one single trifecta at the end of the year as where, where you're at, uh, you've got access to a lot of the California, the Vega Zona, the Laughlin, um, world's toughest is back yes, there is. next year in 2021, if I remember correctly. Um, it was funny. Yancey, um, was posting pictures from the last time he was down there, mile an hour crosswind at uh, world's toughest. But, uh, so you've got a lot of opportunity down there for a lot of races, mm-hmm. um, a lot more than just one or two weekends. And it sounds like that's, that's kind of what your plan is, is to, to really take that to the next level. My plan is to actually take it to a much further level. <laughs> and I'm trying to go for a world record. Um, I, I've done a lot of research and I found the only world record that I found is um, for Spartans in particular. And the guy did 23 trifectas. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me see if I can do 24. Well, there's not even 24 trifectas in the United States. So I wouldn't be able to do that. So I'm like, okay, well, let me just do as many OCR races as possible. Cause you know, I want to get my Holy grail for tough mudder as many trifectas as possible. And I'm just basically, I'm going to try to do at least 72 OCR races next year. It's a lot. <laughs> so there's 52 weekends. That means you're averaging about one and a half OCRs a weekend. And that's a, that's a pretty tough, tough thing to do because there's not usually races, you know, Thanksgiving weekend or weekend. Or you're going to have to fly to South America somewhere else where it's warmer for, for the winter because it seems they all kind of die down this time of year. Um, have you started plotting and planning that out yet? Yes, I have. I, um, I've pretty much got it all figured out. Um, there's a couple of weekends where it's going to be hard because one of the trifectas that I was that I had planned to do is the same weekend as the world's toughest, and I need to do my world's toughest. So it's some of those are the same weekend, which is going to be hard. But um, because there are the trifecta weekends, you know, I can get three done in a weekend. Or, or um, actually, there's. There's one weekend where I can do the trifecta plus I can get an extra heat in there and it could, I don't know. I got, I got it all planned out. So hopefully I don't hurt myself, you know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, the goal. Uh, that's always the tough part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you looked at uh, mixing in any local OCRs while you're on the road? Yes. Uh, um, I, I've tried to find as many others as I can. I know there's, you know, the world champion of the, it's in September. Um, I forget our world championship. Yes. Yes. I want to, I'm going to try to do a couple of those. Um, we in Las Vegas, you know, we have, we have the mud runs and we have, we have quite a few out here so I can get those ones done really easily. We'll have to, to talk a little bit offline and see if you have any, uh, Eastern swings because all throughout the Southeast, um, I've got a handful of race directors that would like to get you out on their courses and uh 
I haven't reached out to my friends in the Northeast yet, but everybody I've talked to just loves the idea of you getting out there and, and raising awareness for sobriety. And, you know, I was talking you know, about the Sober Spartans group, uh, Amanda Keeley, who, who is the founder of it. We we're like, man, we need to get her, get her some jerseys to wear out there on the course or something, or at least get some of our gear on her. That's a great way to talk about it is, you know, if you're out there wearing a shirt talking about it, all of a sudden it becomes right there in the forefront when you get to the finish line and you can just talk about it. I don't know yeah. if that's kind of your plan is to to spread your story at each of the races and talk about it. That is exactly my plan. I I feel like the more the more that people know that, you know, there's others out there, the I just want to help people. And I feel like sharing my story and and doing all that I can, if I if I can just help one person, I'm I'm doing my job. That, that's the most fulfilling thing in the world is helping that one person. That's all it takes. And if you can do that in each city, that's just even more amazing. Yes. So you started doing these races, you said about three or four years ago, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And and you kind of became a bit of a health nut. Do you run elite when you're down there? Do you run age group or do you just run open or? So I've never done this. I've never, I've never done a Spartan before. I've just done tough mutters. Um, (laughs) So, (laughs) so it's going to be interesting, Um, but I plan to do age group. So you practiced your burpees. Oh, oh, I'm I'm very skilled (laughs) with my burpees. (laughs) I'm also a very good rope climber. So (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. um, That's one of the big differences between, between Spartan and, uh, and tough mutter is is that you you have penalty burpees and then last year I actually saw on a few of the courses you had more penalty loops. Um, in the past it was always just burpees, burpees, burpees. And then last year they added uh, like quarter mile loops where you had to to go and do a bear crawl for a quarter mile rather than doing thirty burpees. So it'd be interesting to see what they come out with this next year. Yeah, I might be more intrigued to do the bear crawl though. Uh, just to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, was it last year we did a, a 5k plus where you did uh, start out with 10 yards and 20 yards, 30 yards, and they're all just different animal movement walks. So you had like monkey swings and you had gorilla walk, you had uh, iguana or lizard crawl, you know, just all sorts of different fun ones. It was just basically an animal circus uh, 5k. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you as a person. Um, you said you kind of, you know, you went through sobriety and, and, and did all that. Uh, you know, what else do you do outside of, uh, outside of start, uh, tough mutter and racing? Um, what do you do for fun? <laughs> so, um, my fun is working out. I, uh, I became a, personal trainer. So that's my life is pretty much working out and running and yeah, I'm really boring now. <laughs> I know I, I realized that um, my idea of a perfect evening is sitting on the couch, <laughs> but um, I love hiking. I love outdoors. If, if I could, if I could hike a new mountain every week, that would be the most ideal situation ever. Um, but yeah, I'm just all about moving my body and staying healthy. So for people who want to help you get out there and, and do this, this crazy mission of yours, you set up a GoFundMe. I kind of referenced that earlier. Um, I'll link that in the, in the remarks here. Um, what did you want to kind of tell people about why they should, should help you in, in doing this and helping spread the, the word about 
living sober? I feel if <laughs> addiction is is a disease that like I feel when people when people say that like I I don't know if they truly understand exactly what that means. Like it's there has to be how do I say this? Every every person in this world is one way or another affected by addiction, whether it's, you know, a family member, a friend, uh, a friend of a friend themselves, somebody is, is affected. And the causes of those addictions are so terrible that there needs to be, there needs to be more things out there for people to, to, um, like, I don't, I don't know how to say it without tearing up. (laughs) There needs to be, sorry, an outlet for people people need to know that there's that there's help out there that there's people that are like them that there is people that care and that there's there's more to life than drugs or alcohol or whatever the addiction is there's there's so much more to this life and to this world and i just want to help people know that and to understand and to i feel like i owe it to everyone to share my story so that, like I said earlier, that I can at least just, you know, if I could help one person, I would feel like I, I, I did a good job, but (laughs) I'm sorry. I get very emotional when I talk about this. I've got a tissue right here. I just can't get it to you. You're a couple miles too far away. (laughs) Um, No, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, People, some people are just kind of predisposed or or we have a gene inside us that that makes us prone to be addicts, and and unfortunately, it's just just exponentially horrendous. And then, like you said, to get out there and first to become sober yourself, but now to be able to pass it on to somebody else—that is probably one of the greatest gifts that we have to give. Yes. Because if we can share our story and, like you said, help one person, that's another entire family that could be a generation that family a lot of times you know addiction is generational it, it comes down you know in my case my dad my grandfather my uncle um you look at most of my cousins aunts, and uncles you know it's it's just kind of part of the family and and for me to break that chain and you know for me to get out and and help other people break that cycle break that chain and and it just it, it is so amazing when you when you get that feeling of doing it and knowing that you've helped one person um, you know for you to get out and then on 72 race courses or however many you end up on maybe call it 100 get crazy out there but uh, you know get out there and, and just talk to people it, it, it is amazing to be able to do that and uh, you know eventually maybe my road show will get up and I'll be able to do something like that but uh, I'm just so glad that you're able to to get out there and, and take a shot at this next year um, and get out there and talk about it with everyone. Uh, is it uh, the record holders at Dragos who did it last year? Is that who you were at? Reached out to him once. I need to do it again, see if I can get him on the show and talk about that. But yeah, yeah. him and uh, uh, John Forney was another one that was out there facing just tons and tons. He did 300 races in less than three years, I think. It's crazy to think about the numbers that go into that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of Joe. He was the other one that uh, that him and Dragos were doing just race after race and always posting. And I got a chance to meet Joe up at uh, Seattle last year. 
year before last, sometime. And I had him on the show last year to, to talk about his 300 because he told Joe Decina that he was going to do 300 before he was a certain age. And by golly, he got out there and did it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's just crazy. I mean, I, I do my 20, 30 races a year uh, throughout all the, the independents and tough mutters and terrain races and Spartans and um, Warrior Dash, rest in peace. And uh, that, that was the one that was probably the most fun. Um, I look forward to next year, Rugged Maniac, hopefully getting back on our course. You know, I just, I enjoy the obstacles and the camaraderie. And like you said earlier, the community, because the community in the obstacle course racing is just insane. And for me, there was a guy I raced with for almost a year out there staying at the same uh, houses as him as the B&Bs and stuff. And I didn't even realize he was a sober guy until we're sitting here at another friend's birthday and he just starts talking. I was like, oh, you're sober too? Holy heck, man, how's that happening? We just got to talking and, you know, then I find out that he was part of the sober Spartans and he drags me into it. And it's like, oh my gosh, a community, a community within a community. This is awesome. (laughs) I love that so (laughs) much. and it, it, it's just crazy to think that there's so many of us out there because like you said, we have, we have addiction minds, you know, we're addicted people. And, and instead of being addicted to drugs or alcohol, now we're addicted to, to punishing our bodies, getting out there with physical fitness or endurance, you know, um, I, I'm just kind of one of those guys you can put a, I'm a pack mule. You can load me up with weight, point me a direction and I won't stop until I have to. Um <laughs> This last summer, I pulled off a 50-mile race, and a couple of years ago, five miles was an, uh, an amazing accomplishment to me. So, That's so uh, good. amazing what's happened, being sober and getting addicted to racing. So you've only done Tough Mudders and Smaller Independence, right? Yes. Out of all those, what's your favorite obstacle? Ooh, um, I'm really good at monkey bars. Um, I'm really good at them. I like things that I'm really good at. So <laughs> I don't remember what it's called, but the monkey, you know, where you, you swing on the round one. I don't know. It's, it's always a, the tough letters. It's, I'm really I know bad. which one it is. Um, the one where I, I usually jump out, get one hand on something and I fall in the water. <laughs> I'm real good. at. Yeah. Splashing. That's what most people do, but I'm really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> The other one I like is uh, the one we have to run up and, and jump out and try to grab the ones and swing and then hit the bell. And I get like one finger on it and I start to do a backflip and I don't make a good splash. <laughs> That's better than what I do. I just make the big splash. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one that's fun, if you if you like monkey bars, uh, terrain race for a few years, they had a pool above ground pool with some really high monkey bars that went over it. I don't know if they're going to bring that back or heck if that race series will even come back next year. It's been a real yeah. tough year on race series, but that was real cool. Cause you get up there to the height of the peak and you're like, yeah, I'm 10 feet above the water. Oops, that flipped. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Is there, is there anything you don't like on the course or your least favorite uh, obstacle out there? Yeah. I'm extremely claustrophobic, extremely. So um the one crawling in the pipe yes the tunnel yes well the one where you 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 know you climb up with the water pouring on your face that one's okay but the one where you have to go through it and it's pitch black and you feel like you're you're dying that's the one that gets me (laughs) did you get to do the level up version of that last year where they had the the mental smoke inside it no 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 i don't level up on that one (laughs) that was yeah that one was uh 
that was a little weird going through there with the the menthol smoke and not only was it smoky but it like it actually helped you breathe a little bit so it's kind of nice because it was at that seattle it was right after a bit of a long run so nice. it was good timing to get get a good deep breath so you said you kind of have plotted out your travel um is it all going to be the u.s or how much international do you think you're gonna have to deal with this so honestly i found i mean there's canada i found a couple and then my dream would be to do this trifecta in greece um that's in november of next year that's that's a dream. I don't know if I'll be able to make that happen. Um, but those would be the only internationals that I do. The Greece one, uh, a couple of my friends, including that over buddy I was talking about, they got to go do that last year. And it was just, I think we actually talked to, to one or two of them on the show. And it was just amazing listening to it and seeing all the pictures and, you know, the parade of nations, almost like it's the Olympics and everything. It was a uh, a huge event. Spartan did such a great job with that. Yeah, it's something once. Hopefully next year, or, you know, if you have to do something local and then and then do that one on a year when you're not jam-packed so hard where you can get out there and just enjoy it and maybe suffer in a gogi while you're there. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've looked into any of the endurance stuff, but uh, you know, not only can you go out and run a race, you can also go out and do the endurance stuff, hurricane heat, the gogies, and just really beat the heck out of your body and and the feeling when you finish something like that is just amazing but you know we're a, a very tight-knit community um the the BeastNet silver spartans BeastNet canada uh, local motion the four different podcasts that i run through through here um the best thing about it is, is we can kind of do what we want mm-hmm. so we just we find a cause or we find somebody we like there's no going and asking a corporate sponsor if it's okay. I mean, our, our show sponsors a, a business, two businesses that Mike and I own. So since we're sponsoring ourselves, all we have to do is clear it with ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Somebody was asking me, um, oh, well, can you do this? And I was like, is it illegal? <laughs> no. Okay, then I guess I can do Let's it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you're in Vegas. Are you going to be at the, the Vegasona race and the Lawson race next year? Uh-huh. Yeah. Because um, I know that Pretty Mike will be at the Vegasona race, as he calls it, the one that's in Arizona, but they call it Vegas in March, February, March, whatever it is. Um, and he's the long-haired hippie guy that's, if you look at the podcast pictures, there's a lot of pictures of him on there. Um, but he's going to be running his first age group race there. Nice. He's lost uh, just about a hundred pounds this year. Oh, that is such an accomplishment. That's good. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he was six pounds shy of a hundred pounds that he's lost during COVID this year. Just getting out there, running every day. Um, I had a run streak going with him for a while. I had to back off, uh, but he kept going, and and he's just still run streaking and losing weight every day. So it's amazing. What about you? Uh, what races are you going to be doing this year or next year? Sorry. So, so for 2021, I've got uh, Seattle, Portland, uh, Montana. Those are all paid for, registered, etc. Um, and I've got uh, the pennies for quarters run amok up in Port Townsend, Washington, which is another one. If you happen to be up here at that time, they'd love to have you on course. Uh, the Adventure Soccer Mud and Muck. I, I, I try to focus a lot on the local races up here because we don't have a local race scene. Um, so I've spent a lot of my time just pushing real hard and uh, to growing that up here. Um, 
next year we've got all terrain events is going to be putting on their first OCRs instead of just doing road and trail races. They're adding OCRs. So I want to work with, uh, work with them on getting that going, uh, Taylor and Tasha over Miller. Um, and then, you know, they, a lot of time works their faith into their, their racing and their training too. They're uh, real strong into their faith. So they're kind of cool to work with too. <laughs> nice. But no, I, for me, I, I, I've got a lot of races in the Northwest. I've actually got, I haven't booked them yet because I'm afraid of, of the whole international travel thing right now. But uh, usually I've got three or four races up in, in British Columbia that I'll do also with the rugged maniac terrain race. Uh, I want to do Spartan Whistler. That just to get up there and run up and down the Whistler course would just be amazing. And uh, the culmination for 2021, and I need to get everybody on a on a conference Zoom and and make us all handshake on it. But we're supposed to all get down to Dallas for the ultra. Nice. Um, myself, I'll probably just sign up for it and say, "Hey, I hope you guys are joining me." Um, but that, that's kind of been the the one that everyone has talked about now. Um, Lisa Ann, who's been doing a lot of our hosting duties, myself, Pretty Mike, um, and our friends from the the local area up here, they've all been, you know, let's just do that race. That's our big race. And so I'm just going to register for it and hope they, uh, they figure it out. Yeah. Cross your fingers and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in ultra that's, that's 50 K 31 miles, 60 obstacles, potential for, I don't know, what is that? 240. That's, that's going to be more than 2,400 burpees. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> my body hurt <laughs> <laughs> well and the point is, is by then um hopefully everybody will be good enough at uh, at monkey bars and twister and all that stuff um, we have all sorts of different body shapes types heights weights our running group is a very eclectic group um and this year's was supposed to be the year that we've started to all get into to more of the age group and pushing ourselves a little bit more Nice. So aside from racing in 2021, what do you have planned in general? Because of the amount of racing, um, I don't really have too much else planned. <laughs> There's just a lot of racing. This is... You're taking a, a year off of work? This is my schedule. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> So you're just um, going to take the year off of work and and just go full-time travel almost it looks so like. i'm hoping to be completely online um like i said i'm a personal trainer so um trying to you know get completely online get at least enough clients to help support my racing or any get some sponsors <laughs> so so people who people who want to be trained by you, how do they how do they reach out to you? Um, now if they're listening now and they're like, hey, she's awesome. Let's let's go train with this crazy lady that's going to go do all these races. <laughs> um, Facebook, Instagram, um, I can be reached on either one. That's awesome. Um, you know, to be able to do that and be mobile, uh, that's going to make it probably the easiest way for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a regular nine to five job would be really hard to fit into that travel schedule that you just held up. Yes. <laughs> and that's not even all of it. There's another page. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and that thing is it takes meticulous planning to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't, I'm trying to think in fact how to, how to do that because are, are you driving or flying primarily? 
um, getting an RV and doing it the, the RV style? No, I'll be, well, anything that's close by driving, but the rest will just be quick, quick trips. So flying there and back. All right. So fly out Friday morning, get back Sunday night and uh, sit in a uh, airplane and cramp up the whole time because you can't stretch out. Yes. The wor- worst thing about that is flying in somewhere, do a bunch of races and then cramp up to the flight home. <laughs> <laughs> That's where those uh, leg compression things really come in handy. Those are amazing. The uh, socks, you're talking about the electronic theaters or the rollers or yeah, all of the above? Yes, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that you want to say to the listeners or to anybody out there that's, that's listening that, that wants to, to learn about you or, or maybe needs to get sober or, or anything along those lines? Um. Anybody who wants to get sober, there's always something I want to say. Um, if, if I knew somebody, well, if I knew the person that I was right now, then I would have felt like there was hope. And I just, I just want anybody and everyone to know that, that there's hope. There's, there's always somebody who has been there and always somebody that's, that's willing to help you get through whatever it is that you need to get through. Um, yeah. And I hope that I can be that person for anybody who needs it. Personal trainer, spiritual guidance, sobriety guidance. Reach out to you for any of the above. Any of the above. Thanks for listening to Sober Spartans on the BeastNet podcast. Please remember to be respectful of the guests on the show and their level of anonymity. Episodes of Sober Spartans will air the last Sunday of the month and are open to the public to listen to. If you hear this and feel like you need help, don't be afraid to reach out. Find us on Facebook at Sober Spartans or email me at beastnetpodcast at gmail.com. We're here for you. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet Podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. Yeah.